we'll dive into conversations about food, fitness, stress, career, and family. We'll learn from each other, feel more connected, and we'll explore ways to design a life you love. So what are you waiting for? Keep listening for tips, tricks, and fun facts about feeling good, looking good, and living better. And don't forget to bring a snack. This is a Side of Syrup podcast. Hi guys, coming to you from my home office today. Uh, Just wanted to dive into something that as I've been grocery shopping, I've been noticing a lot and I thought it'd be helpful for me to transfer my knowledge of working in the food industry and the advertising for food industry and really kind of break down what you need to do in a multi-part series to like teach you how to actually read the labels in a way that matters. Looking at the calories doesn't really matter or um, some parts of a food label are designed to like make you believe things uh, that may or may not be true because they can be very vague. Like those are the kind of things I want to teach you so you can shop smarter and know what's actually in your products. So today I want to talk a little bit about reading the nutrient um, nutrition labels and the nutrients and all of that, but very specifically on the copy on the packaging. So this is largely unregulated. Marketers and copywriters can be super creative about what is on pack. If it tests well with consumers, for the most part, it can pretty much fly. There are obvious things that, you know, um, things that are completely not true that cannot be put on packaging, but things that could lead you and I to believe something about a product, that's perfectly okay. I know. When I first learned that, I was like, what? What? Um, anyway, so uh, let's talk about a couple of phrases that we see oftentimes on food packaging, okay? Um, organic, natural, all natural. Those are things that sort of have the guise and the assumption of this is healthy, this is good for me, but let me break it down for you so you truly understand it and you know what to buy. Okay, let's back up like 15 years here where I had to launch a product with some pretty vague claims behind it. It was for a really big brand um, and they really weren't trying to dupe the consumer. They were just trying to jump on a trend of like healthy eating and they used the term all natural. And it was an all natural cereal product really marketed towards like parents and really mostly moms because that's what most products are marketed marketed to anyway. So this was an adult cereal that was better for you. We can talk about better for you in a bit too. This better for you cereal launched at a time when organic wasn't even a thing. Like, yes, there was a time when organic on packaging uh, didn't really mean anything unless you were like incredibly niche. Um, it was not mainstream at all. So organic wasn't a thing and certainly all natural wasn't a thing either. But something still felt funny in like what we were circling around. How do we launch this product? How do we talk about it? It just was like the first time I ever experienced like 
like that gut feeling you have sometimes of like, this isn't right. They're not trying to do wrong, but I feel like if you were not informed, you'd be like, oh, this is really great for me. Uh, the product's marketing was making claims that like weren't really in the consumer psyche at the time or something consumers really understood. So you were like, oh, this must be the new thing. Like I gotta, I gotta buy this. I gotta look for this. Uh, needless to say, the product didn't last too long on the shelves. It was still way ahead of its time. Um, having these like health claims on it, uh, health claims, not related to a diet. There've been many products in the past, you know, fat-free, sugar-free, low fat, all that kind of stuff. Um, but in regards to the health of the products and ingredients in a, in a product, like still was not the time when this really mattered to people as a whole. So the product didn't last long and it was the first of many to come out during that time period that kind of came and went as the food world was changing. So we know today that the the food world is incredibly complex and very opinionated and there's so much more availability out there and there's so much more knowledge, but there's also conflicting knowledge. So while the landscape of food and what's available at grocery stores has dramatically changed in the past 15 years since that product came out, the claims in the packaging really haven't. So that's really what I wanted to focus on today. Um, so many product packaging copy and marketing claims are still vague. And quite honestly, they're meant to throw you off. They want you to think that their products fall under the healthy or better for you umbrella and have them land in your shopping cart. So uh, have your radar up, be on the lookout and like, let's dive in. So you understand a little bit more than I can help you on your shopping journey. So when shopping, I want to help you navigate this marketing speak, learn what claims are valid, and specifically in the United States, what the USDA and FDA, um, their role in everything and, you know, where their regulations stop and where they end. Um, and I want you to find products that you actually want to buy that are actually good for you other than, than the whole foods. Um, so what qualifies something as organic? Like, let's just start there. So the USDA is the government organization that sort of controls the term organic and how it is used and how brands are allowed to talk about it, um, specifically on their packaging and in their marketing. So according to their website, this is a direct verbatim quote, that USDA is the government agency that is responsible for providing a safety net for millions of Americans who are food insecure and for developing and promoting dietary guidance based on scientific evidence. USDA works to increase food security and reduce hunger by providing children and low-income people access to food, a healthful diet, a nutrition education in a way that supports American agriculture and inspires public confidence. I do not have anything against the USDA, but the takeaway from that is they are busy. They are working on so many public health issues in regards to food. When it comes to what's on pack for an applesauce, they're not policing it as much as um, 
as they could be. They don't have that, that bandwidth to do that. Uh, and I say this kindly, um, the line of in a way that supports American agriculture also supports big dollar American brands. So uh, there might be companies that can get away with saying a little more things because they are such an integral part of the American agriculture and economy when it comes to food. Not pointing fingers here, just explaining how it all works. So according to the USDA, organic products must be produced using agricultural production practices that foster resource cycling, promote ecological balance, maintain and improve soil and water quality, and minimize the use of synthetic materials and conserve biodiversity. That's all amazing. And that is great. Um, and that's sort of the key takeaway of, it's not just the product itself, it's the farm. It's all the components into running the farm and the future of the farm. So according to the USDA as well, there are four different ways organic can be labeled on products. So this is where to really pay attention. If you, if I've lost you for a minute, come back, focus. This is where it really, really matters to listen. Okay. A hundred percent organic. This product contains all organic ingredients and these products will have the official USDA organic seal on packaging. Can't argue at all against it. It is there. So then there's also organic that product contains a, at a minimum 95% organic ingredients. So for the most part, it's totally organic. So these products will also have the official USDA organic seal. The third category is made with organic ingredients. That's something I'm sure you see a lot on packaging. Uh, it's such a coup for a brand to be able to have that because you see that and you're like, oh, it's organic, not wholly. Uh, made with means that products must contain at least 70% organic ingredients. The other 30% is up for grabs. They don't have to say where they're from. They could be organic. They could not be, most likely not, because if they were, they would have fought hard for the organic or 100% organic uh, labeling and getting that seal. So these products do not have a seal on them at all. The fourth category is another one that is a little bit tricky because you see it and you see like made with organic tomatoes in a sauce. The organic tomatoes are the only thing that is organic in that product. But the assumption of like a call out on the packaging, like, ooh, it's got an organic ingredient, makes the consumer think, oh, hey, it's all organic. It is not. There is no regulation for the percentage of um, organic ingredients in a product saying it has a specific organic ingredient list. So if it has one ingredient like organic tomatoes, that could be it. If it has one ingredient like organic, I don't know, uh, flour, that's it. That's all that is required to have that on the packaging. So uh, just wanted to be very crystal clear about those breakdowns because it's often um, where you get tripped up and that's where the, the marketing gets very murky because when you see organic, like a consumer sees organic on a product and they think it's 
all the way there. It's not. Um, but just those, those four things, let's review them again. So we all got them locked in our head, hundred percent organic, organic. Those are the two things you should be looking for most often in packaged goods made with organic ingredients. You know, that's a great alternative if that's all that's available and they must contain mostly, you know, the majority of organic ingredients, but if it's just a specific organic ingredient, be a little mindful, be a little wary. Um, see what else is on the shelf. Uh, okay, let's talk a little bit about the challenge I was facing when I launched that product like 15 years ago, all natural. Uh, you know, I, that is another one that you're like, okay, I see this a lot. I, I see it now. I see it in cosmetics. I see it in laundry detergent. Um, I see it in uh, like clothing labels. Uh, you know, what, what does this mean? Cause again, it goes under this like umbrella of like, oh, it's natural. It's good for me. Maybe, um, let's dive a little bit further into that. So the government agency that regulates, um, consumer products is the FDA food and drug administration. So their charge is vast. Think of all the consumer products that are out there that like Procter and Gamble has alone from shampoo to razors to Tylenol to lipstick. You know, one of the um, FDA's key focus areas is around labeling conventional foods to avoid misinformation. However, you've been to a grocery store and you've shopped online, right? There is so much out there. There's so many ingredients. There's like, look at a face cream. Like there's so much in there. This one government agency has to regulate all of So there's so much product, a seemingly endless amount. And, you know, they're worried about the labeling, but they're also worried about the important stuff too, like food safety and product safety. Like what are you putting on your face? What vitamins are you ingesting in your body? Like, is it good stuff? They don't want bad stuff ending up in your food or on your body or, you know, digested. Um, so that leaves food marketers with the flexibility to embellish a little bit about what their product offers. So case in point here is natural. And I, I use this in the food lens, but I also, you know, I'm saying this to let you know about the other products, like specifically products you put on your body and in your body. Um, definitely another podcast episode here, but, uh, I don't mean to scare anybody. I just, I just want to drop all the knowledge that I have about this business to you guys to help alleviate any worry that you have for what you're giving yourself and your family and your friends and those all around you. That's all. Um, okay. So, uh, when you think natural, you think healthy. Got it? So if I've lost you again in talking about government agencies and all of their purposes, come back to me. Let's dive into natural and, and what this labeling means. So there's no formal FDA regulation around this term. It can be put on any and every package from food to beauty products. And it can mean or connote anything the brand wants you to believe. So I'll give you another example, um, of a past, uh, product I worked on, uh, and 
you can do this challenge at home. I still think this exists today. Um, so go to the grocery store and look at like strawberry fruit bars, the kids aisle or granola bar. Um, and then pick up that strawberry flavor and sometimes blueberry too, but really they do it most often with strawberry. Flip over the box and look at the ingredient list. Do you see strawberry flavoring? Isn't that weird? Like super weird on like a real fruit product? Just because a product is labeled strawberry or blueberry, it does not have to have the actual fruit in it. <laughs> Let me repeat that. Just because a product is labeled strawberry or blueberry, it does not have to have that fruit in it. A lot of times you'll see some different like fruit flavorings um, on the back ingredient list. And most often a strawberry flavored bar is actually dates injected with strawberry flavoring. So it makes it product sweeter to begin with. And it's going to have that perfect strawberry taste because it's lab created to, to have that. So the other, you know, sad but true fact is in order to save money, strawberries are very expensive. Blueberries are very expensive to produce at that scale. They'll use cheaper fruit and especially in kids products, which I don't love. Um, and then just inject that flavor. So it makes it taste like exactly what it says on the packaging. So next time you're um, looking at the ingredient list for fruit or fruit flavored product, be sure to look at the claim on the packaging too, made with real fruit. So like the granola bar example here, made with real fruit is like one of the most bogus claims. And I'm just like, I'm laughing before I read this because uh, made with real fruit only requires food to contain as little as 2%. 2% percent real fruit and they can still put this claim on their packaging saying it's made with real fruit or or i don't know which one is better or which one is worse uh the fruit may not be fruit at all it may be juice concentrate concentrate which is just basically sugar so check the label and see how far down fruit falls on the list. If real fruit is one of the first few ingredients on the label, you're fine. And it actually is made with real fruit. But if it's one of the last or only in a concentrate or like, you know, something like dextrose or something, something with like some very long words next to it, that's really just a form of sugar. Um, maybe put it back on the shelf. It may not be the healthiest thing for, for your body. So, uh, I hope you guys enjoyed this. I know it's probably a lot of information to digest at one time. I'll have more breakdown in the show notes um, so that you can really like, sort of like print it or screen grab it and take it to the grocery store with you um, or have it up on a tab here so that when you're online grocery shopping, um, you can also have it up for reference. Uh, so this is just the start of an ongoing series where I'll teach you to look past the pretty packaging, although, hey, I'm a sucker for it too. Um, 
but I want you to look past the, the pretty packaging, the bold marketing claims, and really arm you with what to look for in your food and on the packaging. So when you're shopping, you're getting the best for yourself and you're feeling good and you're feeling informed about shopping. So anyway, uh, I hope that uh, you guys will tune in for the next episode. It's a good one. Uh, and I cannot wait to continue this series with you. If there are any like uh, food, shopping, marketing, labeling questions you specifically have, just reach out to me, Shannon at thisisyrup.com or DM me on Insta at syrup coaching. Um, I'd love to hear from you. This is fascinating to me and I could totally geek out about it for hours, but, uh, I'll cut myself off here. Okay. Have a good one. Bye guys. I hope you enjoyed this episode of a side of syrup. If you love this episode as much as I did, head on over and rate and review and subscribe so you never miss the next one. Also, if you know someone who would love this episode or podcast in general, send it to them too. Thank you. New episodes go up on Tuesdays. Thanks for tuning in. I can't wait to hang out with you again soon. 